0: You still got your ownership, but we just need to go in a different direction. You know, that was very hard for me to take and swallow. Um, and it's realizing that when it gets tough is when you just start. You know, I think that that's the lesson that it taught me, you know, and I needed that clip in the wings to maybe really learn how to fly. That's good, that's good.
1: Going on family welcome back to another episode of the traffic sales and profit show my name is lamar tyler i'm your host and today i have a special guest a member of our tsp collaborative fam right darry mcdaniel he is the co-founder and ceo of pro-black health and i want to learn how this brother built along with his wife a seven-figure supplement company right if you're in the e-commerce if you're in the health if you're into community all those things together with this man right here
0: sir yes let's go on man glad to have you so excited to be here brother i'm so excited to be here so i um, thank you for the great welcome and just excited to be here so let's take it no it's it's good man i'm excited
1: for the people because i know so much they can learn but before we even jump into this powerhouse that y'all have built around health around it's like it's all those things right they just around money and they just around e-commerce but it's like we can make money we can build through e-com and the internet but we also can empower our community mm-hmm. Make people healthy, all those type of things. Before yeah. we get into that, I want to talk about like your story and how we even got to today, right? Because wow. originally, St. Louis, right? Yeah, St. Louis, St. Louis. Okay, so, so so, so Lou, take take me back to yeah. St. Louis, so how we kicked off this brand.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm from St. Louis. Uh, I live in Atlanta now. I got here by going to school here. Um and St. Louis, I never would have thought I would be right here, right? You know, one of those cats just in the hood hanging out, just trying to make it through high school, really no focus. Uh, Really come from a family who, you know, um, didn't go to college or really no big role models outside. You know, my mom, but I mean, male role models, to be more specific. But um, end up getting into going to the Morehouse here, and it kind of changed my life just seeing how. I'm brothers who making it happen. And I think that was a big deal. I had to come up to school on my own because my mom worked three jobs. Let me ask you, was Morehouse, when you were younger, was Morehouse like a dream or a goal or was it just something you just kind of stumbled into? Man, I stumbled into it. It's like such a crazy story. So, uh... Oh, we love crazy stories. Yes. You got (laughs) to So, actually, I wasn't really even thinking. I really, I want to say I really didn't know a black school existed. You know how you just live in that bubble of a where you're just not really thinking about it. Uh, so no one talked about it, so I know all this about HBCU, right. all these things that people take for granted that everybody knows. Um, but it was a guy who was coming to paint our house, and he was painting our house and my mom ended up dating him, and he she was like, man, your son is kind of smart. I think he can go to school or do something. And his brothers actually went to Morehouse, and they got together, wrote a letter, and got me in yeah 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 that is wow so that's big and so i came here had to do you know uh do a lot more catching up on the learning side yeah so like the remedial reading and those kind of things trying to catch up on the things that i didn't think were important realized that they are so important um but that's how i got here and then i went to a hold on i have one more question about it this. Yeah, this
1: is interesting because I, I, I you know i never got this deep we never we never not this deep this so was when you landed on the campus of morehouse was a culture shock
0: man it was big time culture shock because the first day you sitting there for to get you know i don't know the registration to get in school and everybody's parents are there you see moms and dads you know you see people who dads are doctors.
1: it's some money some people coming with you know my wife roddy roddy with to spell Yeah. And Ronnie was like, "It was different when I got to Spelman." Mm-hmm. And, such. and they were rolling up in BMWs. The
0: kids was rolling in BMWs and Benzes. <laughs> and just like the whole mentality was different, the whole expectation was different. Um, I actually cried, mm-hmm. you know, because I had really never seen this much black excellence. Wow, you know, in my life, you know, and I had to call my mom. I was so excited, like you're not gonna believe it, you know. Just it was just a, it was a big culture shock, you know. I think it was a culture shock too of like. How to conduct yourself and those type of things wow. and realizing. I think at first I was a little embarrassed of my background, right, of where I come from because so many had these great fathers, these great things, and then I got to be like, oh, well, I come from here from St. Louis, and I got in on this. And so I really couldn't share that story, but um I, I navigated my way and made it happen. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So um you graduate Morehouse. Um, then because I know you
1: had a very successful corporate career.
0: Yes, which is
1: which, Like, did you just launch straight from Warhouse into that, or
0: no? I was. Uh, what was deep was I was looking for a job, right? And uh, my mom was working in a medical field at a doctor's office, and you know our aspiration at that was just like the the pharmaceutical reps that came in. It's like, oh, they great. They got a great job. They got a car. You know, back in that day, they got a business. <laughs> you know, all those things that you think was great. And actually, I tried to get a job at that. And it was another big-time story was I went to interview, and I kept interviewing interviewing, and then I met this brother who I interviewed with, and, you know, with a team of them, and he pulled me to the side. He's just like, you're just too hood. You're just too cool. Walk, everything, you know, you have to, like, change your demeanor. How How did you feel
1: in that moment when he said that?
0: It was just me, and so I just you know i just didn't really know how to take it you know yeah. you know it's like you know you walking with your head up your soul to realized that you had to kind of be docile as a black man to make it in this environment right which was a big thing for me cuz i always held my head high I just you know i just really didn't know my swag was my swag right now i realize my swag is everything but <laughs> you know at the time i had to change and i even had to change more cuz i ended up getting a job in advertising sales uh, which i met somebody at a party and I was talking to them and they were like, man, you be good at sales. And they got me a job at this company called TDI, which actually in Atlanta sold all the ads on the Marta bus system. Okay. Right? Yep. And so they had just got that on the ads on the trains and then the buses. So I sold that and I just blew it out of the water. Like I just sold like everything. I sold all the bus I I mean, I just blew it up. <laughs> but then it was another brother who kind of worked there who really got me, you know, took the time to kind of tell me how to structure things, how to say things. I mean, it was just a different environment and how to deal with your emotions differently than you're used to dealing with them, you know, coming from a certain kind of community, which which hurt me at Morehouse a lot too, because if someone say something about you, you from the hood, you just kind of like confront them, right? Yeah, but they don't want to be confronted. They just kind of want to be like, "In the, I'm ready to fight," you know. And that's not the ticket. So just kind of learning how to deal with my emotions better in those environments really helped.
1: That's interesting, right? Because so far, what I'm hearing is it sounds like there was consistent threat, even though you was like, "Hey, I grew up with all, you know, a strong male figure right there." Mm-hmm. at my younger age, it seems like all these men, different men. Mm-hmm have had a role, right, along the journey. I don't know if you ever thought about that. But as you tell the story, it's like this brother here was like, hey, you know, his brothers get together, write the letter for Morehouse. This brother's like, hey, in his corporate world, this how you navigate. Man, that's big. And and what it makes me think about, because I haven't even thought about this a lot of times, a lot of times we're looking for or we're thinking about mentorship in the lens of somebody taking us and holding our hands for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. But it sounds like, you know, in those instances, you might have had mentors for a minute. Yeah. Right. But they but they got you to the next level, it seemed like. It seemed like, you know, one get you to this level and then this other brother come in and give you a word of advice or, you know, give you a recommendation or something.
0: And man, without those touch points, I wouldn't be right here today. Wow. That is like when you really say it like that, that's that's big. Yeah, absolutely. Man. I love All right. I love that. Yeah,
1: absolutely. All right. I agree. So, um, so you know, me and you had talked before. So you, you go into sales and you end up building like a highly successful career. Yeah. How did you transition from that successful corporate career? You you make a lot of money, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like what was that lifestyle like that you work corporate? And then how did you exit out of that and say, hey, I want to, you know, start a business and
0: do this? Business? Well, I always felt like um, things made you. Um, like, you know, we measured success about the house, the car, you know, those things that you have. And I had got all of it. I had a crazy house decorated how I wanted to. I had two cars, I had a regular car, I had a sports car, I had all these things, but I I still wasn't happy. And I didn't realize that I had so much more purpose, right? And then too, when you're in the sales role, um, you start to realize that you're doing so much of the heavy lifting for these corporations and you're getting paid pennies. But in your mind, and initially you're getting paid some money because we've been told or oh, you make six figures, or you get a hundred thousand dollars a year. You got some, so you have these ideas of minded money in your mind, and so when you make it to those goals, you think you're okay. But you're like, man, I sold five million dollars in advertising last year, and they paying me a hundred fifty thousand dollars. I sold ten million, they paying me three. You know, <laughs> and directly responsible for bringing those dollars in. It's like you didn't get
1: the dollars. like literally going to get you. Get that lead, bringing the money in. I'm
0: going to the CMOs. I'm going to the companies. I'm going to Coca Cola meetings. I'm going to Patron meetings. I'm knocking down the doors and making it happen. They facilitate the media, but the big heavy lifting was me. And then I was like, man, I could probably use this talent for something else. And I wasn't sure at the time what that was going to be, but I got an opportunity to leave. my corporate gig to go work for a company to come change their whole wholesale organization around and become part owner of the company. And so that was the first exit. I was like, man, I got to take that leap, take less money, a lot more responsibility. But then I got into that and it was good, but it taught me a lot about the difference between ownership and working for someone else. Right. Let's talk about that. Yes, <laughs> it was so big, I gotta tell you a story and I won't name the company, but I started with the company, I'm still working like a corporate, and they bring me as part of the company. Yeah, How they view money, how they view, how long you work, what you do. You know, I'm thinking that I'm done, Fi, <laughs> You know what like, You like, man, it's quitting time round right <laughs> here, let me get it. <laughs> and it's like, no, you gotta keep going. And so um, they confronted me. And these are some Jewish cats, they came to the Atlanta airport, and they confronted me, and they was just like, what are you doing? You know, and it was a family, and the dad was really mad, and the dad was cussing me out. Like, we thought you were going to come in, we thought you were going to... And I thought I was doing a good job, but it didn't take me to after I exited that and started my own thing, and I called him. I say, damn, I know what you mean now. So what what did he say when you called? He he was he was just amazed. He was he was glad that I started with the company. He was like, "Oh, you finally get that I was like, "I get it." Like, because I ain't never had nobody call me back. I know people won't find it on their
1: own, but I I was like, "I wanna go." Some... Yeah, 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 yeah. It's
0: like it's just different. Yeah, you it has to put more in. and You have to do more and you expect it to to make it happen, no matter what. And it's not a time schedule; it's when the job is done, and that's the big difference.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's it's so many. We didn't gotten into the econ piece yet. We just nuggets left and right. Yeah, so that was a big, big transition for me. So I mean, so really, again, I think it sounds like that—that that situation helped mm-hmm. develop the entrepreneur you are today, right? And I'm—I'm I'm a real big believer. I always, say all the time, like everything that's happening in life leads us to where we are, because we aren't the same person without, like, if you go to Mars, you're not the same person, not, right? Mm-hmm. That added texture, you know, to you. If you don't you know, have some of the jobs you have, you're not the same. If you don't say, hey, I'm starting with them and that work out the way it did, yeah. you're, not,
0: you're not the same person because you learned a valuable lesson. Absolutely. And I didn't see it at the time. At the time, I was just kind of defeated, right? Because I had become, I was top sales guy. You know what I'm saying? But I was just a part of a cog of a wheel and didn't realize that, you know.
1: Now, let me ask you this. What did it feel like going from, because most people I talk to that sit in that chair are highly successful people. Um, so they've been highly successful for a long time, right? I always say like, like most people's A players when their companies with A players when they work. Yeah. Corporate, right? Um, and I say 99% of the time, like that's the case with people sitting in that chair. Would always like to know, because a lot of them got a story, like when I started entrepreneurship at some level, like mm-hmm. I quote unquote failed. Like it wasn't always easy. Like what is that like though, when you used to be in demand, top in sales, you know, making all those things happen, then you get in a situation where you are uncomfortable Yeah, and where you like, hold up, like, because things come easy when you're when when you when you're in your flow, things come easy, mm. but then when you're not, it's not. Like, like, what did that feel like in that moment?
0: Like I said, it, just, it felt defeated. I remember being on the phone, like, you know, we're parting ways, you know, like, man, I need another shot, and then, you know, for him just saying, you know, we're gonna part ways at this point, you still got your ownership, but we just need to go in a different direction. You know, that was very hard for me to take and swallow. Um, and just realizing that when it gets tough is when you just start, you know, I think that that's the lesson that it taught me, you know, and I needed that clip in the wings to make me really learn how to fly. That's good. That's good. So you leave there and then you start your own
1: 100%? Um, own company, right? Cause you were part, Yeah, you, yep, yep, yep. you start your own company. The company you started, is this pro-black health?
0: No, this is, a, no, I did a company where we did media, help people okay. place media, buy media, uh, help underperforming companies with their media. And I sold it cause I had so many contacts yeah. already. So I can call up, you know, uh, Patron or like, Hey, they got this stuff in stadium or they got this. So really piecing things together, kind of being that middleman for underperforming media. Uh, So that was that was really good and successful. So that was when, you know, uh, I first got married. You know, that's when I started that.
1: If you're a six or seven figure entrepreneur, a black business owner, and you don't know where to go. If you feel like you're alone, if you feel like you don't have anyone to talk to that gets how you feel or gets the pressures of being a business owner in today's climate. Guess what we do. I want to introduce you to the Traffic Sales and Profit Mastermind. Now in the TSP Mastermind, we have a 12 month program that's gonna help you reach your next six, seven, or eight figures in business over the course of a year. Now along that year, we have one-on-one coaching, we have accountability, we have community, we have live events, and everything you need in order to reach the next level. For more information, visit us at www.TrafficSalesAndProfit.com. Okay, so you got that, that's moving. You get married, and I know Pro Black Health Right. Like ties into your wife. Yeah. Big
0: strongly. Time. Tell me, tell me about that. Well, you know, my wife's dad's a pastor. Right. And so we couldn't live together <laughs> before we got married. Right. And um, I knew her Saturday, but didn't know her Tuesday cause what she moved <laughs> with, because once you, you know, it's not just fun. Right. <laughs> it's like the real deal. Yeah. And uh, she's a surgeon here in Atlanta. Uh, she's been a surgeon for almost 10 years now. Um and she worked at primarily black hospitals and she was working here at another predominantly um, black hospital, which is Southern regional, but she would be coming home. So frustrated, you know, just like being down, like what's wrong. And then she would say, black people are just not doing the minimum to take care of themselves. You know, I was like, damn, what do you mean? She's like, they're using the emergency room as a doctor's visit. You know, they think macaroni and cheese is a vegetable. She like, She's like, you, you know, just totally frustrated. You know, when you're in a profession and you love what you do and you really see what the Black community is doing to themselves on a daily basis and you love your community, it can really beat you down. And so one day I was working with the company and, you know, you had to get ready for it to come home and download. And I was so busy. And I was like, damn, do I ever hear about Black people being unhealthy again today, baby? She said, you downright. And I said, Just <laughs> And I said, you so pulled black health. So that's how the whole thing got started. And uh, we kind of thought about being like a nonprofit kind of thing. But we found like it was a lot of nonprofits out there. And it takes so much to do a nonprofit. Correct. She's a surgeon. I got a business. So we didn't know exactly what we were going to do with it. And then um, the CDC had sent some information out uh, to her hospital about um, 92% of African-Americans being vitamin deficient. And it was an epidemic and it was causing for early death. It was caused for so many things. Diabetes, so much was tied to that preventative health. And you know, vitamin levels, zinc levels, D levels, A level, all those things. And um, I was like, put that in my head in my marketing head and seeing marketing and media. And then I saw a Shark Tank show and it was a company that sold beach towels. And each one that they sold, a percentage would go clean up the ocean for marine life. And I was like, damn baby. If they could do that shit for fish, we could do it for black people. Okay, And that's kind of how it started. So we started a vitamin company that's geared towards our community, but also up to 50% of our net profits go to nonprofits that focus on eradicating health disparities in the black community. So it's like encompassing that whole thing. And like you said earlier, it's not just a vitamin company, it's a movement, mm-hmm. you know, education of health, helping health in the community, the whole thing, getting rid of food deserts you know, um, just the whole encompasses and because we're not healthy, we can't do anything. Right. And so, and when you launched that, was the
1: initial idea, hey, we're going to build this massive you know, online brand? Was it like, hey, we want to, the goal is we want to get into retail? Um, Like, what was the goal even like, hey, we want to build it big? It's like, hey, we're just going to build this little thing and do you really think about the size of it?
0: Well, I thought it could be big because I knew the industry was big. I saw an article about you know, vitamins. I think it was a Care Bear Hair or something. I'm hair vitamin and how they did so much money and I was like, man, you know, it's an opportunity there. But in my mind, I was still limited by money. Okay. Right? Yeah. And what I mean is your limiting beliefs is how you view the world. I say that all the time. So I knew in my head that it could be millions, but I didn't believe in my heart it could be millions. And that was a a real lesson because as it started to grow, because you start thinking about I used to have this phrase that $273 a day is $100,000 a year. The thing that we were going for so hard is just $273 a day. And you know, and that was always on my mind, right? And so I got to $273 on the site. I was like, oh, we we doing it. <laughs> and then it started getting to $1,000, it started getting bigger, and then I started getting nervous, right? Well, where, where was the nervousness coming in? What was, what was that about? Because then the limiting beliefs of money don't get too big. Can you handle it? Those types problems. of things. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, you realize how deep it's into your family. And one of my family members, I was just talking about the business, and she said, oh, "Don't don't go too fat. Don't get too big." Yeah. And I realized where that mindset had come from, right? And I um, had to kind of reengineer myself, and to try to see what are my beliefs and my limiting beliefs that are making me believe that I can't handle this and take it to the next level. You know, th- that's good. I think that's a uh, a great point. Because
1: oftentimes, you know, as we see with, with entrepreneurs all the time, so much of your success is not just tied into your product or service. It's so much of it tied into here that's in awesome. the way you even think about what you're capable of doing or not capable of doing. And most of you said, like you said, most of it is just what we've been trained and almost indoctrinated mm-hmm. to since the day we was born by the people around us, which most of the time, they mean no harm. They mean no harm. They mean thing. no harm. Exactly, right? But it's like you've been fed this stuff, and then even if it's not, just, you know, it could be in your subconscious, it sits back there, mm-hmm. and literally you can be taking actions that are to the detriment against your actual business success, okay. and not even realize, like, you're the one stopping to grow. Wow. Like, wow. like, like you're thinking, hey, I want to grow. you saying all the right things. My mm-hmm. goal is to get to this and that. But realizing and having to take a look that, hey, are my actions actually
0: lining up with my word? Man, that's the biggest thing you, that's the biggest <laughs> thing. I'm, because it's everything. And it happens continuously throughout the growth of your business. I'm, I'm laying more layers just to get to eight in those things that I have to fix that I didn't do back then because of my limiting beliefs and those levers I didn't push because I wasn't seeing the bigger vision, right? So that's so
1: true. I think it's another nugget in what you said too you talked about now having to go back and clean up things, <laughs> right? And that's one of the things I'm always real big on. You know, clients with, even our team here, right? I'm just like I've learned so many times the importance of just doing stuff right the first time or close to the first time. Even if you can't do it right, like the very beginning, just going back there because it's always harder to clean up something big time down the line. Right. Like like 12 months down the line, 12 years down the line, no matter what it is, it's exponentially harder once that thing magnifies and grows.
0: Yeah. And I think the disadvantage for us, for me. You know, my first time as an entrepreneur, well, not my first time, but first time with a product kind of entrepreneur with a rapid growth, you know, um, we hit, we got successful so fast, right? And so when things are going well, you just living on that fat, right? You're just (laughs) thinking that it's gonna always go well, really, that way. So you didn't worry about the data as much. You didn't worry about those levers you would have to push to make sure Um, And now I see how important they are. Right. And that's why I have to go back so much, because when it's rolling, I didn't realize all these things. So sometimes when you're in a struggle season with your business and you're doing all these tweaks, you're preparing yourself for when it becomes a growing season. And so um, that's something that I had to learn big time now and realizing that when it's going is when you're preparing for when it doesn't. And when it doesn't grow, you're fixing the thing. So when it speeds back up, it can go exponentially further.
1: And I hope everybody caught that because I found that same thing. I think um, success makes you lazy. Because mm-hmm. like you said, it's a lot of things that, you know, I should be doing this thing. But like you said, when the money coming in, rolling, it's like, do it or not, we still get paid. Right. Yeah. But it's not until things tighten up that then you're like in that moment. And when you all alone mm-hmm. and there's no voices around <laughs> You said, man, I wish like when when those things when those sales were coming in, when the ads were working, when when the the, the register was ringing, it i me,
0: Absolutely, and have to live with yourself mm. in that, which is a deal with itself too. So I had to like I actually went into a spiral on that to realize mm-hmm. that because now you see. And you're like, man, okay, I just gotta go back, get up, because you realize all the mistakes. And if you could be a bit of a perfectionist and realizing that you made the mistakes and dealing with them can be an issue as well, but going back to clean them up and do it right.
1: And, and I think in entrepreneurship, all of us face different parts and moments. And like we always got always got stuff to wish we can go back and do over. Mm-hmm. I think the main thing is realizing and learning, like you said, hey, you know, I realized those things, I had to sit with it come out of it since so you don't make the same mistake twice. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't think the thing is like making mistakes like we all gonna make mistakes. But what I don't wanna do is sit there and keep making the same yeah. mistake, right? Yeah. I don't want me doing it. I don't want the team doing it. Like like I just want to be clear that I already learned that lesson. I'm good. <laughs> like I don't need I don't need to I don't need to, I don't, I don't need to learn that lesson. No, second or third time. No. You worry about it again. So I no. I totally agree with that. Yeah, I, I love it. All right, so we got pro black health. Then you talked about getting to that um uh hundred thousand hundred thousand how much two hundred and what? A day? Yeah, two seven, two thousand, two hundred seventy-three dollars. Two hundred and seventy three. I want y'all to live. Two hundred seventy-three dollars is the goal, right? That's the goal to get to the hundred K milestone. How long did it take you, roughly, to get
0: to that? To get to that, um, two seventy plus a day. I believe when we got the the site going, I mean, for us, it happened within the maybe the first four or five months. That's how. So pretty quick. It was pretty, pretty quick. quick. ramped up. You know, so that was quick because we had the vibe, we had the feeling, uh, we were out in the community and kind of making it happen. So I would say, no, let me give, let me give it about eight months because it was a little time. Not okay. gonna say when it really started, but about eight mm-hmm. to nine months, I think, when it, we got there. How long from that period to it becoming like a seven figure brand? Um, for us, it was when the. I would say about a year, year and a half, but it was uh, circumstances Yeah, uh, with the the word, the pandemic, pandemic. you know, and that, because I think our biggest struggle, even though we were growing is black people understanding health, mm. right? But then with the pandemic, everybody understands. why do I need Bible? Why do I need that? It's like, but Cadillac tell you, put premium glass in your car. You know, you ask the question, <laughs> but I'm trying to get you to put something good. I don't need that. I get it from this. I get it from that kind of self delusion up their health and i think that the pandemic always go back to like you know that front place that front doormat in your house and you pick it up after rain or something it's like all these things crawling around that was our health but patty just pulled it off and to see it so we got a big insurgent of like people like oh we need vitamins just the whole mindset around it change which really catapulted us and then you had the black owned business thing catapult us so those things were real big fuel into getting us to seven figures.
1: What what adjustments? Um, cause that, cause I'm assuming with the pandemic that probably was like a rapid, like, cause you know, as soon as we were in it, all of a sudden everybody was looking for every, everybody was trying to get healthy right away. Man, I'm trying to get some weights for the house. I can't get no weights, weights on back order for months and months. I was there, I was there, I was there. <laughs> so I'm assuming it ramps up quickly. What changes inside the business did you have to make? Did like. Did them moving that fast? Did it? Did it mess up production schedules? Did it? Did you have to realize, hey, we gotta you know work with somebody else to ship or mm-hmm. Like like what what kind of things broke or didn't break and work work, work with yes, the
0: sources? Sourcing was really big. Um, also, inventory management, which is something. Let, let's talk
1: about that because people don't talk about that. Oh, Product based businesses don't really talk about that. Yes, but that's like a whole big thing. That's your profitability big. and your cash flow big. is trapped
0: inside. You got fifteen skus. So you can imagine the cash flow of trying to make sure and then yeah. you know, buying in bulk, you get less pricing, you know, as well. So a lot of times, you know, you have to scale back and price. And I think that's with any smaller business, I say black owned brands or anything, that sometimes people say, Well, the pricing, the price of like these big brands, these Unilever, they can buy twenty you know, they buy so much that it just is so low. Yeah. And they can buy the supplies, they can buy things that are not good for it. They can do so many things to bring that price down. So you kind of get what you're paying for. When you're sourcing good products, you're trying to get the best stuff and then you're trying to get it at a good rate. You know, sometimes it causes the price to be somewhere, but I think inventory is so big um, because the more you got in back stock, the more your cash is not moving, right? And then have a subscription model. If I had to go back, I probably would have did the subscription model later once we got going. Now I got customers who was expecting Product, then I got new people coming in for product. Yeah. And where is that gauge want to be? And then vitamins have an expiration date as well. So you're looking at all these factors. You just blew somebody mind. They like, what, well, my vitamins? Are these vitamins are the assholes. my nice ass the last four years. Expiration date. You know, if you make me bother about it, That's what ain't changing the expiration date. But we want to keep true to that. And then we want to have the freshest product possible. You know, as far as I don't want to have vitamins that, because as vitamins sit, they lose their potency. I didn't know that. Yeah, so sometimes they buy so much in bulk and you buy in the store for $10, 11 12 but you're not getting nothing because they buy so much and then they letting it stretch out to where it's like, oh, they may have a two to three year shelf life. You may be getting that last few months or whatever, or, and I'm not saying some companies changing, but Correct. you know, when they buy them, they put them on there. So they just got this bulk stuff and they put whatever. So. That's very important, too.
1: All right. So you, you're growing. You're kind of scaling. Um, looking back, you know, well, actually before I, before I even get back to that, uh, one of the things I loved about your product, the very first time I saw it, mm-hmm. was the branding around it. Yes. Um, and that, to me, that was one of the things that stood out, right? And I'm talking about the look of it. I'm talking about the feel of it. I'm talking about the name of the actual mm-hmm. vitamins. Like, all those pieces is what made um, your company stand out immediately to me, mm-hmm. right? Um, and especially I feel like a lot of time with black businesses are how the bars low. Yeah. So So when you have quality product that I feel like stands out period mm-hmm. like stands out not in the black space But just stands out mm-hmm. on any shelf It will go into I feel like you were like leagues above the rest and yeah. I, like I literally grabbed a bottle and was like Oh, this is this real. Yeah, it's yeah. like real real, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> like yeah. like how did y'all? conceptualize you know like the look of it the feel of it the names of it let's talk about that a little bit
0: yeah yeah so um i always thought it had to be something that resonated with our community i uh, work with so many brands in my past career from coca-cola to doritos to so these brands who push stuff in our community and how they color them and how they the language they use is t- totally different than what they do in other communities so it would be like these go to the aa stores these go to this stores. And how they use that branding, that color, that fun, and I was like, I wanted to do the same things with the vitamins. It's like Netflix, right? Because yeah. Netflix had that movie.
1: I'm like, when I log Netflix, like every poster black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It be, it, it be like this black dude being there for like five minutes out of like like an hour twenty, and then like he be on the poster for me. Yeah. And I'm like, they Netflix know is marketing. They bar- marketing to too. you.
0: And and that's and that's key. I'm not saying anything's wrong with that, but we had to do the same thing. Like in my mind, I had to say. What's cool? I wanted you to feel the when you held the bottle, I wanted you to feel something just like you said, it felt cool. it felt like it's for me. it felt like it's good quality. it's a dope brand. I wanted to do all the things that they do to get our dollars. you know what I'm saying because I think that's so important, how it's on the shelf or how it feels like you know a lot of brands, even when we're doing the um the conferences, a lot of people say, well, you know, they've asked me about their brand. I'm like, you're just wrapping a label around it and just slapping something on it, and there's so much more than that. And I always use this analogy that Gucci purses and 9 West purses are pretty much made in the same factory, right? One is $25 and one is $4,500 and this is the same material. What are they doing different? The feel, the branding, the boxing, the how they put it, the imagery, all those things make the difference. You're willing to pay something that's got $50 worth of material, you're willing to pay $600 for it it's the branding. It's how it feels. It's how it feels in your hand, the naming, how it invokes you. So, um, we came up with names like King Essentials, Queen Essentials, Not Your Mama's Greens, Wanna Go Night Night, just stuff that feels fun and relevant to our community that we understand, you know, and I think that's super important. And, and, you know, and like I said, even, even that stood out to me. and was great. Um, and y'all, like I
1: literally, like King Essentials on my nightstand, I take them every, every single morning. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not just over here like tell me about this. I'm actually actually client, which I need to get on subscription. You like like I'm like the dude right? Cause I need to get on subscription. I bought some online. I was running low, but then we were down Pont City Market. Uh, I grew up in the, in the Village Market, right? And I just say, boom, they right there. So I give me some more out of there. Um, uh, but I need to get. On. I was like, I need to stop playing this game. I need to get on subscription. Okay. It was just, we need to work on. We need email. <laughs> exactly, it, cause that's all. You know what? But even that's a good point, cause all I need is that email come through with the link. Yeah, cause it's one of those things, right? I mean, this is a great moment. It's one of those things where it's always on the back of my mind, and I'm that I'm like everybody's worst nightmare as a customer, cause I'm the dude that love their product, but it just take me forever to go reorder.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so that's what subscription gets gets it to calm, you know, the company and and. and- explaining that and saying that and saying the language you understand like brother aren't you tired <laughs> running out exactly coming back you know because the like, dude like me is tired of doing it yeah.
1: but i just live my life this way this yeah, is exactly. a condition so when we got with my own with Italy, hey that's your name man. I'm a if it's you. <laughs> <laughs> this all look like, send me that email with the link and i'm just not i'm on. i'm on a subscription so uh oh man this is good so a lot of pieces so you got the brand i know now also your rebrand Oh uh, yeah. Now, now this is interesting to me because I know a lot of people would look at your current branding and say, Oh my God, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, um, what would make you rebrand from a brand that, you know, to the outside, to the consumer probably looks amazing to a different brand. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you're doing, I don't know if, if, if you start talking about it yet. Um, but I, I, cause I feel like when you do start talking about it, people will be like, but I, I love the I, I love the way it oh, Are people already have that
0: conversation? Self-designed so the first level. That was, my, that was my baby. So, you know, I I, I know how it feels. But um, a lot of things I noticed, um, and when people post in social media, uh, we didn't have pro-black health big enough. It was just a little circle at the top. So we had the king essentials, the queen essentials. But people will be talking about it on social media. And then somebody say, well, what company is it? Right? Oh, it's King Essentials. And I'm like, no, it's not King Essentials. <laughs> and so I was like, man, that's I missed that. And so when I look at Goalie, or uh, one of our competitors, the first thing you see on the side of the label is Goalie or Coca-Cola right. or Dr. Pepper or, you know, whatever it is. And I think I missed that when I saw it and it was just like this circle, but with us being such a visual and people holding it up, Or it may, it may, like you said, King Essentials may be on your nightstand or, I mean, on your counter in the kitchen and somebody come over and they be like, oh, King Essentials, I want to order that. And they looking up King Essentials. Yeah. Right. And so I realized that we had to make pro-black health a big part of the label and make it big, make it a statement, the as want to be. And um, that was one of really the big reason. And then just to try to add some more color and some more other things to it that make it pop. And also... To make our site more exciting and more of a vibe. So, you know, um, I think in the black community, sometimes we have to make things ultra cool for people to take to them. So, just trying to take it to that next level. Because I, I, I'm hoping everybody's catching
1: this, but it, to me, it speaks to even when I have a great product, I'm always looking for ways to make it better and always looking to where the gaps are. Yeah. So, you got a product where I'm sure people rave about the labels and the look mm-hmm. all the time, but you're looking through it a lens like, hey, you know, this is cool. And maybe it's cool for the moment the oh, way we're at but for me to get to this next level and me to compete at this mm-hmm. at this level where i feel like the competition is you know there's some things that i
0: can do to make it better absolutely and i think now is the time you know everybody was saying you know you got good just focus on i think now is the time before it gets too big now is always better than later yeah later than later every, I'm every time a little rabble even though it's, it's, it's tough because i am a mix of do I push the gas do I change my pages do I do this cuz I got this coming you know all these things that go back and forth but I know now's the time and then I'm um, like you said with competitors if we decide to we're in retail now but if we decide to go further into retail you know you think about people walking down the aisle we want them to know Pro Black help, you got 3 seconds to grab somebody as they're walking down the aisle and if they don't see Pro Black I didn't see it in there I saw King Essentials I saw Queen of Essentials I didn't see it, or at least that last impression like, damn, that's probably what's that about. That's that's for me. Yeah. So, um, you know, I had to make that clear. I love it. Hey, if somebody's watching and they're saying, "Hey,
1: I want to, you know, start an e-commerce brand. I want to get into, you know, supplements. I want to sell some type of product mm-hmm. online. I want to, you know, you know, make that 200 plus a day or I want to, mm-hmm. you know, make 2,000 plus a day, or whatever it's mm-hmm. going to be." Like, you if that's you watching you're starting over from scratch, like mm-hmm. what would you tell that person to start?
0: First, I would start building community first. You know, I think that's something that you have to do with social media and what we have today. Um, Building a community, get things going, get a page up, you know, um, just to get people's emails, just to start to build that community. Maybe start talking about whatever it is. Is it hair or health or whatever it is to kind of start letting people know who you are and let them know you have expertise in that space and you're looking forward to what's coming and to get them excited about it, um, I think is a good thing. And also realizing that it's not easy with e-commerce. I think that's a lot of times what's happening. You got an influx of people doing it, but a lot of people are gonna fall off. And just thinking, I'm just gonna throw up this thing on Oh man. Like people are just
1: gonna jump all over it and one and see it, but not really focusing on how I'm gonna get it in front of people.
0: When I get in front of them, how can I yes. convert them, right? Like, oh, So many things, you know, shipping. Converting, uh, traffic. Inventory, like you inventory, talked about. Inventory, like how are you gonna manage these things? How are you gonna have inventory? Im- customer service. How big is customer service? Because with a cus- bad customer service experience, somebody may not come back, or they may not say something. Customer service is so big. How fast do you 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 know, you handle the request? Or are you doing it? You can't wait till I get to them next week, yeah. I do. You have to be ready to be able to say like I'm on my customer service because that experience is everything. The customer experience, how long does it take to check out? Is the checkout easy? You know, that whole go through the process yourself, Yeah. you know, what you would like to see. And then, you know, if it's troublesome for you or, you know, have other people go through it so you can kind of find those points that you can tweak before you even get started. I love it. Oh, this, this is amazing. So if you're watching this, listen, you got
1: some tips. I want you to start there. Make sure you take action and hit it. Uh, if the people want to find out more about you, they want to find out more about pro-black health. Uh, they say, hey, I'm a, I'm not Lamar. He's give me subscription right off the bat. <laughs> like where should they go? How can they get a hold of you? Well, we're
0: at um Pro Black Health. It's P R O B L K Health um, We're there. Uh, we're also in 750 Walmart stores as well with some of our products. But of course I want you to come to me. <laughs> to the source. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Never go to the middle when it comes to the source, but uh problackhealth.com. Uh, you can reach out to us there. Um, uh, we got emails on there as well. If you have any further questions or anything, you can reach out to us, but, uh, whatever you do, stay on your health, be healthy. Uh, we love for you to become a customer. Um, uh, we call it much more than customers. We kind of call them like our brothers and sisters, right? And then if you share the knowledge, we'd like to call you a health revolutionary. Uh, so that's where we're at and we want to change health and the narrative in the black community. So. That's the plan.
1: All right. I love it. Hey, listen, I want y'all to start getting healthier. I'm telling you again, I literally um, use the vitamins um, under the King Essentials every day. And, you know, or what I will say is you got to watch out because they taste good. Yeah, they taste Like, I'm going to say the first time you gave us some samples, and I literally was standing here, I think you came to the office or something and left them. I was like, what's these out there? And it's like, yeah, one of the clients left these behind. That's and true. I took them, and I was just like, I was on like my fourth or fifth one. And somebody's like, a month, like on the outside, I say no don't two a day. Two. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know know kind of magic is this. Like, these are delicious.
0: That's so good. So, I, so good. I try to garden, so make it. Uh, one of the things we did notice, we do have capsules and tablets as well, but the gummy sell so much more. And what we notice is that people with the taste, they're more apt to take it. Yeah. And they take it consistently. And anything with supplementation, it's about levels. We talked about that before. It's about levels. Like, oh, I took it today. I don't feel nothing. You know, it's about levels because you don't know where your level is at. And you don't know how how good feeling good is because you've been so used to feeling the way that you are. So you just got to be consistent with it.
1: That's good, y'all. So I want you to be consistent. Hey, go to ProBlackHealth.com. Get a hold of the vitamins. Get a hold of, you know, whatever you need on the website. So many different things as resources and supplements that are going to help you. I want to say thank you for watching another episode of Travis is a profit show. Make sure you keep supporting and make sure you show up next week for another amazing episode. The combo your home for conversations on black entrepreneurship and wealth available on your favorite platforms.